0: You're tuned in to another edition of Pusher Mania's podcast. My name is Matt Sanzala, and today we have the distinct pleasure of speaking with Craig Sim Webb from uh, Montreal, Quebec. I just got back from Montreal, as a matter of fact, and Craig is the author of The Dreams Behind the Music. But, Craig, before we get into the book, I want to give a little background on uh, how we met. Every year when I go to the uh, Pop Montreal Festival, I go as a delegate, I go with a group of different people from the music industry, and they give us an opportunity to meet up with all kinds of musicians and and new artists throughout from the city. we We do like face to face sessions and we sit down and get to talk to people. And I remember last year we met both years, but the first time we met last year, it was really interesting because really, I sat down with a lot of young people who were like, "Well, how do I figure out how to tour? What should I do to break into the United States?" But then when I got to sit down with you, you came with a whole different story. Like you were basically explaining to me, how, you know, in, in a five minute session, which was not enough time by any means, <laughs> you get, you know, the first time I met you, you gave me like a little introduction to what you do. Then the second time you came back, and I was really happy to talk to you again because even though it was still just a short period that we got to speak, I already had a little bit of background. And so I got a little bit of a better understanding of what you were talking about and, and the dreams behind the music. This book is a. Uh, also opened me up a lot to uh, some of the things you've been talking about. Why don't you give a little background on uh, yourself and a little intro to Craig Sim Webb? Oh well, thanks, man. I appreciate you having me on because I always love to share helpful info and speak
1: about my passion. For sure. Uh, I guess dreams and music is a blending of two of my big passions. Actually, uh, when I was, uh, you know, exploring lots of things as a younger gent. Uh, possibilities that i could choose as my life focus i actually uh, you know i had started exploring dreams but i hadn't really married it or chosen it for full-on path and i had a powerful vision dream i call it a calling dream but by vision i mean very strong feeling really clear actually at night you know i woke up from it but uh, almost like a daylight or daytime experience super clear super bright and It felt like a calling or a possible future, as my physicist part would say, because I have a degree in physics, that uh, I could be touring around uh, internationally, really, and uh, speaking all about dreams, presenting ideas on creativity, and uh, in this case here. And also later, I guess in the second part of the dream, I had a powerful shift, even stronger feeling of joy, happiness, just well-being. Uh, where I was performing more and sharing I guess artistic content that sort of represented a lot of the same I guess experiences that I'd lived or maybe some of the same insights but just in a more artistic format without speaking telling about it just you know play the music and it either works or it doesn't kind of thing so that right that gives you a little snapshot of where it's uh, come over 20 years, uh, or maybe three decades, I don't know, and uh, maybe where it's heading even more, uh, a little more towards the art now. So the the book here is a bridge between the two worlds of sort of speaker, educational side, head, moving towards, uh, hopefully here, a recovering thinkaholic, as I like to say sometimes,
2: wow.
1: uh, getting out of my head a little bit towards the heart, so a, a heartist. Uh, sharing some of the passion through music, creativity, uh, performance, also multimedia art. You know, I don't limit myself to one thing. I, I must live on a super high-speed highway of creative ideas because uh, I get so many insights. Well, throughout the day, but certainly every night too.
0: So, were you making music before this dream, or did the dream inspire you to make the music, or was like the dream inspire you to take it to dive more into it?
1: Yeah, a little of the latter yeah Uh, i've been making music well i think since i was a young kid as i mentioned in the book uh, uh, i would always find myself i I guess many children do not just uh, unique in that way but just walking around humming singing all the time even like into teen 20s uh, always making sounds as i walk around and uh, you know i learned guitar and enjoyed that it was more just for friends parties campfires this kind of thing and then after the dream, I said, okay, well, actually, this could be a way to you know, get the message out, get some of the insights, the gifts that life has blessed me with out more creatively, artistically, serves people, at least entertain, but hopefully serve them with inspiration, empowerment, maybe some insights if, uh, if they get them.
0: Sure. Now, what I find interesting is you talk about how I feel like part of your message is that we don't pay enough attention to our dreams or that there's so much that we could unlock if we paid more attention. Is that part of your concept? Yeah, definitely. Uh, Our culture more than
1: everybody in the world. And and definitely lots of variations, even within uh, Western, let's say industrialized culture. Mm -hmm. We've sort of forgotten about it. There's some really good reasons uh, for that, I believe. And there's probably many more than I mentioned. I mentioned a few in the book there. One of them is probably, I guess, the the Renaissance and a shift towards science, thinking, focus on intellect. You know, I think, therefore I am, said uh, René Descartes and sort of got to powerful dreams that uh, most people don't know. They came from dreams. But a dream inspired the whole beginnings of what became the scientific method uh, that Rene Descartes uh, proposed back in like, you know, 16th century or 15th century even. So quite a while ago. But it sparked uh, a lot of more critical thinking, intellect. And uh, I, I even revised his main, I guess, well-known statement. I think, therefore, I am to, let's say, uh, reflect, I think, where the shift is heading towards modern day, uh, You'll find there in the book, I say, I dream, therefore, who am I? Hmm. Kind of plays with a little bit and leaves it open-ended because it's a question. And it becomes now, you know, with the DIY, everybody can do their own book, their own song, their own creations, their own website. Uh, with the internet and, and some of the other empowering technologies, uh, music, etc., People can do their own thing. And I think it's a really good time to, to find out more who we are than just to figure out thinking and sort of go with the pack. This is really the time for creative expression of everybody. So it's a good fit now to, to have these tools and to get in touch with our own dreams because that's really where the juice Uh, of our i guess creativity is and lots of other insights uh, skill rehearsals we can mention a few musicians who actually practice like performing skills or instrument mastery Mm -hmm. and when i mention about musicians here uh, the book focuses a bit on music but it actually applies to any artist which i guess in many ways we all are anybody who's creative which we all have some creativity so people can kind of interpret towards their art as dancer author writer painter whatever
0: sure now when you're talking about dreams are you talking more about unconscious dreams or your daydreams is there the overall dreams of your life like what you you dream to see for yourself in life or are these all one big thing
1: yeah dream that word is kind of a yeah catch all for many things right yeah well actually there's a link as i see it between the the main two uses of these things we have at night you know a little experience usually visual uh, and then the less visual, the ideas that we have for our life, our goals, our, our wishes, etc., the dreams that I have for my future. Uh, and the interesting link is it uh, kind of ties back into the physics because uh, I actually have a degree in science. Mm-hmm. It's a whole other story. And that, that kind of what sparked me on my path towards, I guess, dreaming. But the, uh, the dreams that we have at night come as one of the functions is to tune into probable or possible, at least, futures – sort of paths that we could take Uh, example my vision dream I I shared a little earlier showed two possible futures uh, they both had a lot of joy one was a speaker and uh, later on as uh, I guess more performer artist, songwriter etc and uh, you know it's not like I have to it's like a potential if you choose to if I act towards it this is a possible future and every night I mean these are kind of that's kind of a big calling vision for let's say a five ten twenty year uh, direction, but mm-hmm. we can get every night much shorter directions for possible futures, like a song inspiration. Hey, if you choose to accept it, like Charlie Wilson, uh, who actually got his wife actually got uh, powerful lyrics in a dream, and in the same dream, the uh, the insight uh, his wife had was if you write these lyrics and write this song, it'll actually also be nominated for a Grammy. So it's a little bit of a rare case, but the dream actually specifically noted what the bright future was that the, the music came for and they did the song did get nominated for a Grammy so interesting so every night we have these options and chances to kind of go for the future and most people don't realize that that's possible tuning in so that, that's the link between the dreams at nights, these little dreams we have and the dreams we have our for our lives or our mm-hmm. hopes our wishes because if we get a dream we may not remember it you know at night But then we start having this interesting contemplation or a longing or a wish or an urge or whatever you want to call it, an impulse to like meet somebody or to buy this book or maybe train in this type of education or this kind of thing. And those inspirations, those impulses probably came from a dream. People don't always just see the links.
0: Well, that's something I'd like to explore a little more because for me personally, dreaming is like hit or miss like i sometimes wake up in the morning like oh my god what was that you know like that was such an intense dream and often yeah. i wake up as if like i didn't dream at all but i know that we always dream right i mean that's not like you may wake up and not remember that but you pretty when you're sleeping or and when you're you're always thinking you're always dreaming is that true yeah mostly i
1: mean uh, there's uh things that affect it uh, mm-hmm. as one of my uh, radio host friends said who has me on sometimes if if I had a bottle in front of me or a frontal lobotomy, then I might not drink. Right, right,
0: <laughs> and that right. that means
1: uh, alcohol and some medications can limit it.
0: Marijuana, for say, sure.
1: Marijuana. Marijuana can go both ways, yeah. actually. There's sort of two tracks. Some people get increased dream recall, but many get uh, depressed dream recall, yeah. right. But if we think of it like maybe a muscle, it's one analogy that I use, Mm. uh, that many people don't work out. They don't bother. They don't really see a payoff, a benefit. So like, hey, I'm busy in life. Why would I focus on this? Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, whatever. But how is it going to help me? If they don't see that connection, then they probably don't focus on it much. And like a muscle that doesn't get worked out, it's always there, but it doesn't get too big or too strong. And the moment people realize, hey, wait a minute, there's 20 Or, you know, 30 or 40, actually. Grammys that have been won directly from Dream Inspirations. uh, Most sold song on iTunes. Major artist, you know, names, career breakthroughs. Life-saving dreams like there's some really cool ones we can get into leonard skinner Mm -hmm. the whole band had a huge dream that you know costs many members their lives and and a number of others like that if we start to realize the practical waking life payoffs then it shifts a little bit hey maybe i'll develop this muscle there seems to be some important info maybe yeah there's you know not every website on internet's going to be of interest or of value but there's some important emails that are coming in that i better listen to
0: (laughs) right right why don't we speaking of listen to? Why don't we listen to something uh, one of your dream derived songs? Um, I definitely want to keep the people listening here, keep them interested, and give them a little example of uh, an example of what came from your dreams.
1: Yeah, well, uh, one that uh, we can listen to here, uh, polymers, is an interesting one. It's kind of a fun song about the environment. My satirical approach to to get people to laugh, be entertaining, but then somewhere in there, there's a little bit of a hint or a message. Hey, we got to. Clean up or rethink some of the ways that we do our uh, our garbage, our plastics, polymers, and things like that. Mm. Uh, And that's an interesting one too, because uh, I get actually dream music quite often. I'm pretty lucky like that. You know, one research study shows that under 2.5% of people dream music, Uh, just on average. That was college students, but still, let's say it's not super common. Mm -hmm. And so I get, I don't know depending on the week and what I'm focusing on, but I might get a few dreams uh, with music a week. Sometimes lyrics, sometimes just ideas, but quite often actual melodies or, or soundscapes. You know, In this case, uh, for this song, I actually had a quite a pile of sort of dream sound bites or maybe seeds that I could choose to grow waiting on my hard drive after a pretty full summer of other projects. And uh, these two ladies were coming in front of me, and they said, oh, hey, Craig, we'd love you to record this song and make it public and get it out there more. And I was uh, thinking, okay, that's great. No problem. Uh, which one? Because I have many, many dream soundbites. And then I woke up right before they were about to tell me. And I was like, oh, damn it. <laughs> Man. How am I going to know which one I I missed the info, but I did remember that their names, somehow I knew their names, were Polly and Muriel. Hmm. Just waking up, I laughed a little bit. Oh, my song Polymer. Polymer.
0: Perfect. So uh,
1: There's a little intro, and have a listen, see if you like it.
0: Well, ladies tell me things in my dreams all the time, too, and I always wake up too fast. I hate that. Let's get into this uh, brand new music right here from Craig Sim Webb. This song is called Polymer, and we'll be right back with Pusher Mania's podcast.
3: This is a song about something all around you've seen it every day it's really quite renowned you hold it in the evening you touched it at lunch you probably sat on it during brunch i'm talking about polymers that's right polymers are your friends yeah polymers chemical chains that never end Oh why use china and silverware when you could be enjoying Tupperware A plastic plates, spoons, forks and knives will surely improve the quality of our lives They're made from polymers for cups, you can use styrofoam, yeah, polymers, they add a special flavor, all of their own, yum, there's PCBs, or are polychlorinated benzenes, the fish must like to eat them cause we dump them in the streams, acrylic, nylon, tepon, polyethylene, a styrofoam, epoxy, and trinitro, toluene, detergent, pharmaceuticals, computers, TVs. Makeup and cell phones for the kids, oh please No more polymers Oh come on, mom They're such a great buy Polymers We never stop to wonder why It's plastic baggies at the grocery store I'm filling them with food, I don't need paper no more gather it all in my big plastic cart and when that checkout person says to me will that be paper or plastic? you know what I say I wouldn't take it any other way I'll take the polymers you know why? makes a great trash can liner yeah polymers I really hadn't found Anything finer. But my friends have been encouraging me to go green. I wasn't really sure what it was they could mean. Until I saw the way that that white plastic sags. I got me some proper green garbage bags. Made from. Uh, you guessed it, they're polymers. Heavy duty and double ply. So they hold lots more polymer. Even come with yellow polymer ties. With doctors using polymer pills, plastic veins, pretty soon we'll be thinking with polymer brains. I got one of those. What was the next line? Oh yeah. And if you get an open sore and it begins to fester, I cover that sucker with polyester. Band-aids, that's right. They're polymers. Hey, I don't know what a mer is, but I'll bet you. There's lots of them in polymers I am plastic, therefore I am... Forever So I came to a land called Polymeropolis The people are slick, yeah they're a polymer populace. Nice big trees and factories, man They even got themselves a polymer breeze And they call it a Polyair mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, sure, it leaves your lungs a little bit charred, but it's air, and you can pay with Visa or Mastercard. Hey, why not enjoy some polymer water? It tastes a bit synthetic, but what more could you ask for? Chemical water. That's right. Just take tons of oil, add it to the ocean, stir, and you get polymers. Oh yeah, polymers are your friends, yeah. Polymers, big chemical surprises that never end.
0: I kind of like the song until now. All right. Well, after listening <coughs> to that, I, after listening to that, I have to ask you: Does the environment play a big role in your dreams? Because I know it does in mine. Well, the like, uh, Environment
1: of that I'm sleeping in you are talking
0: about i mean nature like you know talking about you know that song environment talking about yeah our environment i mean but more nature nature is always a big part of my dreams like it's the thing that i always remember and like for instance i feel like most of my dreams take place near water like i'm always in some sort of situation by a big body of water
1: okay that's interesting and dreams can be a little more personal Uh, and like we each have a dreaming style like we have a speaking style, dressing style, et cetera, music style. So everybody has a little style. Water dreams are pretty common. That's one of the biggest universal symbols. Obviously mm-hmm. it's all around the planet. It's part of our body, et cetera. So it's definitely in there. The type and specifics of water and what it's doing and what you are, how you are in relation to it can really affect uh, the feeling of the dream in mm-hmm. this scenario. So probably there's lots of variations there. But the environment we sleep in, let's say we're camping. You know, mm-hmm. Necessarily saying dreaming of a river, but camping by a river, or uh, let's say we're at a hotel traveling, we're on a trip, or we go to visit uh, an old friend, or whatever. We change our sleeping environment somehow. That can definitely affect our recall and our and our type of dreams that we're we're going to have. So. Uh, And then uh, each person has their style of different recurring symbols, characters, themes, things. Uh, There's lots of recurring nightmare or upsetting dream themes that can be really valuable. Those usually correspond with life lessons. People don't know, but if you have a nightmare, I say, lucky you. People say, Mm. I don't want the nightmare. I say, yeah, I don't want you to have the nightmare either, but would you put a Band-Aid over the oil light on your car? Right. (laughs) No. Why? I, that would give me valuable information. Exactly. That's what the nightmare is doing. It's not so pleasant, but uh, better to get an oil change, as the analogy goes, or have a quick checkup for the car, a tune-up or something, uh, than down the road, let's say 100, 200 miles, because you didn't listen to the the warning <laughs> dream, have the engine meltdown or an accident or something worse, right? So if we listen to nightmares, make a shift, get their message, then they become a gift. That's what they're meant to do. Most people don't realize, but nightmares are actually a good sign—a warning, but a good sign.
0: Well, can I expand on that a little bit, please, because I think, myself included, I don't think everyone's totally in tune with, with with this. You know, like my, you know, what you're talking about is really interesting to me because I have had dreams really affect me, or I've had dreams that really stuck with me, and and I think about them, or I overthink them, try to figure them out, and. I don't really know if I've figured them out. I think the average person probably isn't looking too deeply into these sort of things or into what you're talking about.
1: Yeah. And we're not really educated in our culture. So that's,
0: I was talking about the, we got a little more head focused
1: before and towards the intellect and everything. We haven't been trained so much about intuition, dreaming and and even emotional skills like empathy and other pretty valuable skills in our culture. Obviously, it depends who, where, what a little bit. But generally speaking, we're more focused on learning head thinking and that kind of thing, Mm. which is unfortunate because dreams and intuition are really the same channel of information. So if we even just boost our dream recall, let's say we don't even look at the content, but we just boost the recall, we're actually developing our intuition. Mm-hmm. I know it sounds crazy, but it's amazingly true. So if you want to get more gut feelings or hunches that prove to be true and valuable, just uh, start remembering and maybe writing down or actually into a tape recorder, recording more dreams. You'll boost your intuition. But obviously, there's lots of payoff to, to look at the dream content, too. Like nightmares, uh, you know, if we're getting upsetting dream. we'll give you an actual example here because probably lots of the listeners have something like a chase dream or a pursuit. you ever mm-hmm. been chased or followed yourself? Oh,
0: yeah. Yes, for sure.
1: Yeah, and research uh, stats show that about four out of five people uh, report having that one at some point or or have it recurring. Actually, uh, a story to to really demonstrate it is uh, the true life account of uh, somebody I worked with called Mimi. And she had the recurring chase dream like many people here probably have. And in this case, she said, "I really want to end it. I'm tired of it. Not just uh, is it really upsetting me uh, when I wake up, but it actually ruins most of my day. Like at the office or something, I'm kind of tired because I didn't sleep so well. I'm kind of left with that feeling of uh, uneasiness. Left, and it happens for for me. It happened a few times a week. So I taught her about lucid dreaming, Mm -hmm. speak about that. But in this case, where she could shift the dream while she's you know in the dream." Basically awaken within the dream a little bit to have her consciousness from waking life there while well, she's still asleep in bed, you know, a different state, an altered state. But within the dream, she could shift the ending. So she thought that was interesting and learned some of the skills and took some of my suggestions and and many of which are uh, included in the, the book there. So if you
2: mm-hmm.
1: have some of the tips, uh, you can check that out. But uh, she said, OK, I'll try it. And I saw her a couple of weeks later, and she came up to me really excited. She goes, "Oh, it was great! It was great! I did! It, I did!" It. I said, "What? Slow down! <laughs> Tell me." And she said, "Well, I had the same recurring chase dream, and it was always a man running after me. But this time, I was in a car, and he was chasing me. Uh, you know, I saw him in the rearview mirror. I was like, ah! So I pulled into a parking lot, and then I started running on foot. And we were back to the recurring chase dream, but by, by foot, the pursuit. And then I remembered what you said. Oh." chase dream on foot remember i can change the ending be more empowered that's what i told her so she she whirled around in the dream i guess with this i guess sort of an intellectual crutch that wow my body's safe in bed even though this is seeming pretty real it's just the dream and she uh, she whirled around in the dream tried a new ending here and said to the pursuer this is my dream and, and you can't hurt me And at that moment, uh, for the first time, she said, I saw his eyes, and it was very odd. They were super loving eyes, and he seemed very friendly. And he said to me, hurt you? What? What do you mean? I've been running after you all this time just to tell you, well, I love you,
2: but you've been (laughs) running.
1: So (laughs) I've been chasing you. And she said, what? He said, it's true. So he kind of, you know, symbolically, it's almost like the perfect little theme there. He took her hands and dissolved into her body and stuff. Uh, So we could say psychologically speaking, she integrated some part of herself, uh, a male energy, maybe her assertiveness, because she said a few things. First off, she reported, I woke up super energized, really happy, wow, that was great, new, and I feel happy, empowered. Uh, Second, she said, I noticed that uh, I, uh, today, or this week at work, and spoken to her for a couple of weeks, so she said, this week at work, I noticed myself standing my ground a little more, you know, uh, just speaking with my boss and saying, uh, well, that's a great opinion, but uh, I'd like to give you this point of view or this, this other facts that may not be in alignment with that. In other words, being a little more assertive, almost like she integrated standing her ground, exactly what she emotionally did in the dream. And then, actually, I checked in a few years later, and this has happened for many other dreamers and clients and students that I've worked with. But uh, she said once she really changed the nightmare and got the message or maybe the lesson, a life lesson, she never had that same recurring dream again, ever. like she passed the course you know like we say in school she didn't have to retake the course so pretty positive payoffs but nobody really tells us you know choose your best ending like what i can change my nightmare yeah why not just uh, pick something new and usually start with a new feeling in this case she just she just tried something and then got the positive feeling but if we pick a new feeling that's usually where the important shift needs to happen
0: where does this come from? I mean, is it like a process? Is it something to learn? Is it something like tra- like a process like transcendental meditation or something where you have to kind of set your mind into a certain zone? Like, how, where does that come from? How do you, you know, I can't imagine. <laughs> I can't imagine con- uh, changing the course of my dreams. Most of the time, I just wake up freaked out. <laughs> you know, like, all right. Well, if
1: you have an upsetting
0: nightmare, uh, right? even right now, Matt, I right? encourage you, and all the listeners can do the same for their
1: dream. Uh, just kind of contemplate. Say it's your, it's a video. Okay? Mm-hmm. So separate yourself a little from the really strong feelings. You know, you make yourself a little more witness or third person, kind of looking at it. And if it's a video, in the old days, nowadays because it's all MP3, but we'd say you could, it's like a DVD. You know, like one of these uh, CDs that has a movie on it.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh,
1: and DVD also stands for a darn valuable dream because it comes with a gift of showing you, hey, there's a habit, like an emotional habit that you have in life, or You know, there's sort of two classes of nightmares or it's a warning for a probable future that's not a pretty one that you need to make a shift or make a different choice in the upcoming days or maybe that same day. Otherwise, the the nightmare or the upsetting dream will turn upsetting moment in your waking life
2: okay. in other words,
1: it's a warning but sometimes it's a little more about an actual future sometimes it's a little more symbolic about an emotional habit we have like mimi of not standing her ground or sticking up for herself or speaking her truth uh, so the, the first thing is to realize yes it's possible uh, that's actually a surprise for many people the next is to kind of choose what's the best ending if it's your dvd and you can edit anything you like your own video
2: mm-hmm.
1: uh, what would you choose as the new ending You know, just make it up. Imagine it. It doesn't matter. You can do it while waking, ideally maybe just on the edge of sleep as you're falling asleep because that way it acts like a seed to your subconscious. And uh, make sure that you choose the feeling because dreams really come as a language of feeling a lot of the time. Uh, A fancy way for showing us what our feeling habits are and then the thinking and the beliefs behind them. But thinking and, and beliefs usually end up as feelings, our reaction or our response to events. So if we think of a new feeling, let's say Mimi had decided differently before sleep, she said, I just like to feel really safe, content, empowered, and not known specifics of the scenario. But if she just kind of focused on that feeling in her body, the dream probably would have shifted without even having a, having to have gone or become lucid. In other mm-hmm. words, she wouldn't have had to realize during the dream she was dreaming. In this case, she did. and. That can be a little bit tougher for some people. Uh, I lead teleclasses in that exact skill, how to become more lucid, because it's really valuable for tons of things like creativity and lots of things. But uh, you don't necessarily need it. You could just go to sleep with a new intention or a new feeling in your body than what you have had as a, let's say, recurring upsetting dream.
0: And, and that'll probably shift it. Right. Well, I think uh, I'd like to know more about the lucid dreams because that relates to being awake and asleep, doesn't it?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well,
0: I uh, actually coined the phrase lucid
1: living to uh, correspond with, I guess, now a pretty common phrase more and more in movies and in our culture, lucid dreaming. But all the skills that we learn in dreams, in our, let's say, deeper states, it could be meditation, could be a deep creative state, Uh, For now, I'm talking a little more specifically about sleeping dreams, but there's even lots of variations on those too. Was it a half-awake dream? Was it a daydream that was, uh, you know, I heard my body snoring, but I was still awake. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of odd variations. But let's just say something where your waking mind joins you more presently. Uh, And that's a little unusual for many people. What do you mean my waking mind joins me? Well, Actually, a lot of people have probably had that experience. Have you ever had this, Matt? You're in a really upsetting dream and you realize, oh my God, I have to get out of this. And you sort of choose to wake up from it. Mm-hmm. You had that? Yeah.
0: I've so- had that. And I've also had where I've kind of felt half awake anyway, like where the dream was happening, but I wasn't completely out. You yeah. know what I mean? So you kind of
1: notice your body in the bed at the same time as yes. the dream is Yeah, running. totally, totally. Yeah, so a dual awareness. Uh, that's quite possible, too. And that's getting towards lucid dreaming, which isn't really an on-or-off specific category kind of thing. It's another spectrum of experience, in my view. But let's say uh, your waking mind is joining or, or becoming more aligned with your dreaming mind and your dreaming experience either way if you just remember dreams the the two are becoming more aligned if you remember dreams a bit better but if it happens while your body's more asleep or actually fully asleep then we call it lucid dreaming Mm -hmm. and even there's lots of functions uh, that may or may not be on or off like sometimes we can see visually and sometimes we can't even we're groping around in the dark so sight might not be there or inner sight let's say Uh, Sometimes uh, we don't have our full logic, like example, I have dreams a few times more than once where I said, wow, if I could float in the air for like 30, 40 seconds, uh, that probably means that I'm dreaming. But since I can only float for 10 seconds, I guess I'm not dreaming, which in waking life, how long, how often do we float for 10 seconds? Never, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, Unless uh, you're some pretty advanced yogi or maybe if you have an air balloon or something. But uh, in this case, uh, I didn't have my full intellect or logic. So it's not always on or off for our whole mind. But to some degree, our memory joins us. Maybe our intellect, maybe our will. We can choose to do things, guide the dream. If we're full-blown lucid, usually most of those functions are there. And like Mimi, she changed the ending and shifted the whole thing by will, and she remembered what she wanted to do and stuff. And to learn that skill, uh, there's lots of different techniques. Uh, take some practice. Check out uh, the Dreams Behind the Music book. Uh, there's got a few tips there, especially for musicians. You, I think you worked with fish previously, right?
0: I've never right. actually worked with Fish but I'm totally familiar with them of course. Oh, the band, yeah. A great right.
1: performing band for those yeah. folks who don't know Fish and and Mike Gordon the bassist uh, I guess one of the song contributors there often has lucid dreams. Uh, he's taught himself how to become conscious or include his waking life uh, and waking mind I guess his memories and such during dream state while his body's asleep to get ideas for songs or uh, you know creatively shift things and lots of interesting so one example of a musician who uses it actively other artists uh, you'll use it sometimes go into like say their dream art studio and look on the walls for new ideas to inspire their paintings uh the german olympic ski team just to just to give an idea for people what's possible german olympic aerial ski team mm-hmm. this is actually current they use lucid dreaming for to train physical skills and uh, this is actually backed up uh, by some science here uh, If we uh, are imagining a specific skill, it's shown by uh, at least 13%. One study showed uh, much higher, but at least uh, 13% by a few studies to increase our actual mastery of that skill in waking life. So if we're imagining something. And then dreams often are more even stronger than imagination. So the the German Olympic ski team, and actually now quite a number of other uh, athletes and different folks, performers, actually choose to learn a skill or practice an aerial ski maneuver in dreams to see how it goes, maybe learn the balance, you know, train our neural pathways to do the thing, uh, how, to, how to do the triple flip or whatever it is, how to land safely. And if it doesn't go so well in the dream, maybe practice a few more times in dreams before you try it out physically. Uh, so they train skills like that in dreams, which is pretty interesting, you know, so you can, you can have like the perfectly believable realm another world that you most of the most nights you don't think is anything other than real while it's while it's going on uh, in which you can guide and choose and have some amazing learning experiences and lots of other adventures to boot but i'm just giving a few hints so definitely worth it because one of the biggest techniques how to learn it is to get inspired hey wow Mm -hmm. i could i could get some of that stuff i could learn new skills i could master my instrument i could win a piano piano competition like olga kern did She won the the Rachmaninoff competition in Russia and became a really well-known pianist all over the States and everywhere now uh, because she learned how to play a specific Rachmaninoff piece from the master himself in a drink. It's like, wow, I can meet up with, uh, let's say maybe it was her subconscious, deeper wisdom. But maybe on some level, it was actually uh, a connection with the, the piano master himself. And she learned the skill. And later in waking life, she applied exactly what he said in the dream, which was to play it a little drier and a little less uh, sustained pedals and a few other, I guess, tips on how to perform the piece uh, that she actually won the competition as a very young girl and surprised and was a big upset and then toured the world, etc. So you can see that uh, it's a bit of a, let's say, special example, but we can learn physical skills. So if that's possible, that is one of the best techniques. Just get motivated what's possible. And then there's lots of other mind states uh, you can kind of shift. Uh, many of them might take much longer, but I'll give one now, which people can try a little bit. If mm-hmm. we get really kind of clear and in, in a sense of well-being, a light mind, you know, if we have worries from the day, just kind of try to put those aside or have a bath or go for a walk or do something to kind of clear as much as you can your emotions, then clear your mind as much as possible. Just something as simple as writing down your to-dos for the next day uh, or any other concerns, things you have to take care of, and so you won't forget them, and then just kind of go into a rich state of well-being, gentleness, presence, even focus on your breath, and just being very present, and noticing the bed covers, whatever, and just that state alone could actually spontaneously trigger lucid dreams without actively trying. You sort of create the environment for it, like you said before, the environment can be really important. In this case, an environment of Uh, Of lucidity. Really, lucidity means like not too lost in the scenario. Mm
2: -hmm.
1: In The Indian tradition of, I guess, uh, different yoga and Upanishads and such. They say to be in the dream of life, but not of it. (laughs) Kind of a philosophy, right? Right, right. But in lucidity, we say not to be stuck in the dream, first person, kind of running from the pursuer or forgotten about it and, you know, chasing around different desires and things, but very kind of present uh, witness, more a watcher. You can still be a first person character acting, doing walking around, but you have this extra level of third person and that usually comes from that quiet, clear mind space. And in fact, the Tibetan monks uh, use lucid dreaming as a pretty important stepping stone on uh, the pathway towards enlightenment and full freedom of the mind from from getting caught and like grasping aversion and all these things in the world that upset
0: us. Well, you've already you've talked about that a little bit. I think there's a lot of people who have a problem with that. I think a good portion of the world has a problem with with reaching that point. Is this a sort of thing like you teach in your classes with your talks, or are these the sort of things that you dig deeply into with the people? like in someone when someone comes to you to one of these classes, is this something that I mean, because to me it sounds all well and good, but it doesn't sound like something that I mean it's a practice like anything I think It doesn't sound like something that I could just sit down and say, "All right, man, Craig just told me I need to be more lucid in my dreams. You know what I mean? like I don't it doesn't seem yeah. like something I could that that you could just jump into.
1: Uh, well, be careful about that belief. Now that yeah. we're in the realm of the subjective experiences, which dreams are subjective, right? Right, right. Uh, the beliefs that we hold can really affect our experience. That's like the software that creates the printout of what we experience. So, mm-hmm. Even in waking life, that's true, but it's a lot longer delay, so we don't normally recognize it. So, Ideally, just to say to say, hmm, I don't know. Maybe it's easy, maybe it's not. Nobody really told me about it, so I didn't know about it. I hadn't planted the seed, but now with the seed planted, maybe just naturally on its own it'll grow. I actually see a lot of people with maybe beginner's mind or something have an experience the first night they hear about it. And they're like, what? Nobody told me about this. I was fully awake and conscious within my dream. And I could fly or whatever, you know, different things. I could talk to my favorite movie star, et cetera. Uh, so it might just be that you haven't heard about it. But then uh, for a more regular experience, there's certain skills that can be taught and learned, uh, many available on Internet. Uh, people can check out different websites. Uh, the dreamsbehindthemusic.com is going to have a whole page about lucidity tips. Uh, but that in itself is a skill that's sort of mastered over time. Uh, more keeping a loose id, not so strongly identified with a certain character or self or set of beliefs or patterns. It takes a little more practice, but there's plenty of other dreaming, uh, like say techniques or tips or experiences that you could get the first night. For example, when I, uh, in my, classes uh the teleclasses i lead where i do teach about lucid dreaming which is a pretty amazing skill Mm -hmm. Uh, but many times we just do intentional dreaming which i think pretty much everybody has tried when they say oh i have this uh test or i have this problem i I think i'll just sleep on it right you've done that before right Mm -hmm. in which case we kind of send a suggestion to ourselves our subconscious hey i'd like to dream about this topic or get a solution or get an insight or meet so and so or Uh, Or at least just have fun if we're having a really busy work schedule. I like to have a night off of play and lightness, something like that. Uh, And it usually works almost every time. People are surprised when they sort of sleep on it and they wake up with the answer or they wake up with this nice, easy feeling if they just wanted a vacation night uh, of dreaming. Uh, So just an intention before sleep can actually, uh, and I interpret that as actually the first step on the way towards (laughs) lucidity. The barking dogs of the unconscious uh, sometimes dogs. catch our attention with uh, with nightmares or people learn lucidity that way too.
0: <laughs> yeah, somebody just woke up over here, I think.
1: <laughs> no worries. So what? just uh, falling asleep with an intention can can be one way people have dreams. In fact, that's how uh, many of the pretty amazing musicians and, and songs in the book uh, came to pass. They just sort of fell asleep really looking for or wanting. Maybe not even asking for a dream, but just kind of really wishing uh, – like Stravinsky wow I wish I could really figure out how to do my how to arrange this piece and then he dreamt uh, of eight wind instruments he goes oh octet for uh, winds you know so uh, it might just be a an unintentional uh, suggestion that we give to ourselves, falling asleep with a wish or a desire and then we dream on it so that can that can be pretty easy for most people
0: Well, that's interesting because I go to yoga classes, and that's something that our teacher has been kind of impressing upon us is to set our intention before our class and really set our intention for the day as we go into that journey. And it's kind of interesting to think of setting an intention before falling asleep as well.
1: Yeah, and in fact, uh, you know, it's interesting you make the analogy between day and, in this case, dreams, because most people don't realize that the seeds from our experience – like the, I call it almost like the software to use the computer analogy. But the stuff that's going to end up as the printout of the events that happen during our day, uh, many of them are sort of come from our rational thought, but the seeds of the important ones usually come from our dreams directly. So when we fall asleep with a clear mind, let's say, or a clear intention, or go into a, like a yoga, at the end of a yoga class when you go into, I guess a little bit of what they call samadhi or Mm -hmm. I guess shavasana is the name of the body position. Yeah. Uh, You can, you're, your inner thoughts or your quiet mind suggestion or whatever it is, maybe you just have an empty mind even, uh, that actually becomes amplified quite a bit. So it goes to inner levels, then it kind of grows there. It gets seated, the roots start, and then it shows up as the experiences of your day or at least the feeling in the experiences. So if you have a quiet mind after yoga class, then hopefully your experiences are more zen, you're more witness, you're more separate from reacting and stuff. Uh, same is true for our, our night's sleep and dreaming. We're seeding all our futures. We're choosing our futures according to the feelings and the thoughts that we go to sleep with. People prepare for their day by putting on makeup, brushing their teeth, looking all good with the clothing and everything. But how many people prepare for, let's say, meeting all their possible futures or maybe even their deeper self? their inner wisdom and such at night. Most people just go to sleep with their mind all over the place. So I encourage people to be a little more aware and, and maybe seed something intentionally, at least uh, go to sleep with a clear, rich mind, and probably you'll seed some brighter days to come.
0: I think there's a lot of people who probably lay down at night, no matter what their uh, denomination is, but lay down with a prayer as well. Is that simple, yeah, similar yeah. to it? Would you say that's similar? to, Or is that something that someone who maybe doesn't lay down with a prayer, that that's something that, like setting your intention could be a similar sort of process.
1: Well, many people do have a practice yeah.
0: I don't want to lump everybody into. So prayer, no. a lot of the
1: Muslim traditions also wake up uh, early morning, do their prayers or chants. Yep. Maybe the Hindi traditions the same thing. I actually often uh, have a split night where I wake up in the middle of the night and do a meditation or sometimes chanting or once in a while, bake bread.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, and it, it lines up very well with some lucidity practices. And, and some people say, wow, I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night. Well, You don't have to to have some of these gifts come in your dreams or in your waking life, uh, more lucidity or other things. But it can help. Uh, It's uh, something like an amplified version of falling asleep with a prayer or a thought or an intention. Uh, And it doesn't always have to be about ourselves. It could be for somebody else, just a simple prayer or wish. It's usually a beneficial nature for someone else. You'll be pretty surprised in uh, the teleclass uh, that's going on right now. Uh, somebody from the, the group, because we often have this team vibe, that's really great. Hey, you know, one of my close friends just lost her daughter. It was really sad. Uh, she was a nine-year-old who had brain cancer, and you know, very sadly uh, left our earth here. Uh, So I went to sleep with what I sometimes call a dream boost. I'm going to kind of intentionally dream to support her to ascension to the next realm. Uh, But uh, you could call it a prayer. It's really almost the same kind of thing. In this case, I imagine I might dream about it. And I did, in fact, dream of a young girl with a very similar name. And in my dream, I sort of see a, a simple page like you might see, but a very positive obituary. And she looked very happy. Uh, and so maybe the intention was received and she created or there was created an inner eulogy simply from our group intentions to really support her journey. Who knows exactly, but uh, I've seen lots of hints that give, uh, let's say, more relevance to the the prayers really pay off on inner levels and then probably play out on physical levels in following days.
0: Well, do you want to get into another song can we give them another example of uh where this comes into play with you and your art and then maybe we come back and talk a little bit more about the book and and some of the specific stories you're relaying in the book
1: oh uh, great yeah well uh, we've been talking a bunch about lucid dreaming which yep. is a skill lots of people like it's a big buzzword nowadays uh this song is uh, lucid with an exclamation mark that's the title and uh, i've had a powerful Uh, dream melody which uh, I guess has come a few times which has descending thirds Uh, and I sort of seem these recurring melodies almost like recurring symbols you know you said you're often in water or near water by Mm -hmm. your dreams Uh, I get these uh, musical melody recurring themes Uh, and also sometimes I wake up to lyrics in this case I had an entire melody uh, you'll hear it there right as the opening hook of the song
3: wherever I've been
1: in my life I never felt as good as when I'm with you. Huh? And wow. And the, the feeling with it was very rich. And I knew, wow, here's the seed. Here's the hook. I could write or or not. I have to choose to marry it, let's say, for a couple months of recording and getting other musicians and things. Uh, which I did and uh, recorded that song. And you, know, you can hear it here. But then later, as soon as I sort of, uh, my analogy here is married it. As soon as I committed to actually spending physical time to turn it in into a recorded product it's interesting that dreams or the subconscious decided to then support further and gave other hints how to shift the production a little bit or how to change the sound of the bridge to way more rock and roll like actually hard rock guitar like you know grunge sound more i actually didn't go as strong as the dream Uh, But on the bridge it said, you'd some really nice distortion. And so you'll hear there. that's where that came from. So have a listen. See what you think. Um, I'm with
0: it. Definitely appreciate this, man. A little debut here on Pusher playlist. This is more new music from Craig Simweb. This is Lucid. Wherever I've been in my life, I've never felt
3: as good as when I'm with you. This melody just rang into my life, yeah. In this way, the seeds of soul are born. For my friends and family and lover, they're very dear to me, yeah. But without the muse, I'd be forlorn. She told me wherever I've been in my life, I've never felt as good. With you, and I said, Wherever I've been in my life, I've never felt as good as when I'm with you. Though I live from day to day, I dream a different life. You should see me fly by night There's a twin flame waking Husband who in dreams Becomes his wife And a lucid union In clear light He says Wherever I've been in my life I've never felt as good Wherever I've been in my life, I've never felt as good as when I'm with you. Learn it the hard way. Train in science, I thought it was hearsay. But I tried it, man, was I surprised. When I looked for the answer to my problem, and I found the dreams, I could solve them. I just couldn't believe no one told me this before. Put an end to nightmare, right? More fun if you learn to awaken in your dreams See, she told me wherever I've been in my life I've never felt as good as when I'm with you I said, wherever I've been in my life I've never felt as good as when I'm with you
0: Tell me what all you play. Like, what, what what all instruments do you play? What um, where did that all come from? How long have you been playing?
1: Uh, well, I've been playing since nineteen. Actually, I bought myself a guitar on my birthday, and uh, but of course, I've been singing much longer before that. So, my two main instruments here are voice and guitar. I actually play sitar when I was in India on some visits. I picked up a sitar. So uh-huh. the funny, uh, I guess, uh, many string, 21 string instrument that uh, if you've seen Ravi Shankar play or George Harrison sometimes used to play. Uh, and that's got a really nice sound. I play lots of flutes, travel quite a bit. So I pick up, I usually like to pick up an instrument from the area. I especially like the American, South American kenachi uh, which is uh, sort of a blow across
2: mm-hmm. not an
1: actual reed. it's sort of blow across a little I guess uh, a little cut out uh, type of flute and then other percussion instruments etc and I'm also a recording engineer I had the technical gifts uh, and I guess maybe the computer skills to be really good with sound recording and so I've actually recorded things, some of my own songs. That song you just heard, uh, I did the recording there. And it's a little bit more in demo phase right now. And it's right. fully, properly recorded. But it's out there, and it's you know, people have given really great feedback. And uh, I like the idea that the seeds directly from my dreams sort of get into the music. And in this case, when it gets played out uh, on radio, thanks to you for that, Mm -hmm. it goes into more people's psyche. And I don't exactly know what that line means or where it comes from. I just kind of deliver like the message, you know, (laughs) here's the song, here's the message, like many of the amazing artists in the book who deliver their message. We don't always know what it's going to do or what it means explicitly, but somehow it touches people's psyche. Uh, Psyche, excuse me Uh, Example, Paul McCartney Who woke up with uh, scrambled eggs Oh my baby, how I love your legs
2: Mm
1: -hmm. (laughs) And uh, he actually uh, Sort of said to some of the bandmates there And he goes, wow, you like this? They laughed a little bit And they said, well, the tune's pretty good He says, yeah, I think I nicked it Have you heard this before? Mm -hmm. And uh, they said, no, no, that sounds pretty unique But you're going to have to change the lyrics It's funny, but I don't know, it's a bit weird You can't So he pondered for a while. After about a month of checking with people, then he owned it and said, okay, I'll develop it. And uh, he changed the, actually, from what I understand from John Lennon's account, he actually dreamt the title, which we all know now. Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. And then they recorded it. And actually, the sound was so new. Uh, I guess the theme was so new because it was about recollection and a little more uh, sentimental. And the the rest of the Beatles didn't want to record it. They said, Paul, here's how we're going to do it. You just record it. It's a Paul McCartney song. If it goes really well, then it's a Beatles song. (laughs) And uh, so it was the first song that all the Beatles didn't record together. And then when it went, I think like uh, 15, 18 weeks plus on the top of the charts, they said, oh, great Beatles song. Uh, but it's interesting how it shifted the whole sound of the Beatles, too, because then they started including more orchestra and, and things like that after in their songs, because they realized, hey, that's good. And who knows, maybe it had a transformative message on the culture of, yes, it's time to like be the 60s and break away and try new things and you know all the new thought, new drugs, new <laughs> open love and all this. But also, let's not forget the shoulders we stand on yesterday and uh, the... the the forefathers and the other people in my previous relationships that have really served me and so so maybe it made a that's my little interpretation of what what the song might offer to the mass culture and he just channeled it as an artist but
0: it obviously affected a lot of people in a
1: powerful way it's the most re-recorded song of all time so I'll give you a little hint at the the power possible in dreams
0: well i love uh, diving into the book here like right off the bat in chapter 2 the uh, dreams and creativity you talk about connecting to the internet which is interesting, but I love how that chapter leads into right into chapter three, which is the experience of musical dreaming, where you really kind of dive deep into what we're about to get into with the book.
1: Yeah, well, uh, the inner net, without the yep. T, is an analogy, uh, sort of a fun phrase I just made up to help people realize, oh, as the Upanishads say, ancient Indian text, and shows up in the Bible and the Quran, and many other places now, as above, so below. You've heard that phrase?
2: Uh-huh. Yep. Uh
1: And it means anything that shows up in waking life has an inner, let's say, aversion a in the mind and the psyche and uh, our deeper self somewhere that's pretty close to that same thing. So if we have the web here, and you'll forgive me for making the little joke because uh, that's my family name too. But if we have a, a something like the internet and waking life, then there must be a corresponding internet. So I make the analogy: Hey, people, don't forget your dreams get connected to the internet. There's lots of music, creativity, lots of other great things too. There's inner Skypes. Sometimes my students reach out to each other without knowing specifics about like where they're sleeping or other things about their life. They check in dreams, so sort of like we would on Skype. And then they verify later in waking life, and they prove that somehow they they linked with them in dreams and checked facts and information about their waking lives. I mean, it's amazing stuff if you haven't heard of it. Mm -hmm. But after you see it happen quite a few times, you realize, oh, it's just that nobody really trained us in this kind of thing. Of course, if there's an inner net where we can remember dreams, like visiting websites, obviously we can also get guidance, like receiving emails. And probably we can connect with other people like Skype and and many other things that we can do on the internet, just like the internet. So, yeah, creativity is a big one.
0: Well, that's interesting though, because I think the internet, internet has brought a lot of uh, possibilities to us and has given us a lot of information, things like this. But internet, television, and a lot of those things, I've, I feel like have done a lot of damage, a lot of harm and, and messed with our instincts, messed with those sort of, you know, those visions and, and kind of interrupted some of the dreams and some of the, especially, you know, it's, it's put too much into our face.
1: Yeah, well, it does pull a lot of attention to you know internet you can link off to anything Mm -hmm. you can have text messages arriving any moment Uh, phone phone rings uh, skype bots whatsapp blah (laughs) blah. yeah all these things going on can call our attention so i think you're right on there we definitely have a, a big challenge it ties into the big three challenges that actually every human faces in life and that is that one is distraction Mm-hmm. You know, this is a place we can get caught, distraction, getting lost in the dream of life or in the dream of you know, sort of becoming non-lucid, I like to say, in the dream of life or in our, in our daily work, etc. And the other two big challenges are fear. We can get stuck in fears that aren't valid. I'm not talking about like well-learned wisdom concerns, you know, based on experience. I'm talking about fears that are kind of irrational. And then addiction, where we can get caught up on desires or, or I guess, uh, aversion to things that could really... Us like nightmares, lucky you. So, the three big ways we get caught are definitely out there, but I don't think any specific physical manifestation can really be blamed.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Like, if there's a manifestation of an inner truth, like the internet comes, or another one you mentioned about TVs or, or movies. Uh, Actually, they're very strongly linked. I mentioned that uh, too about dream inspired inventions uh, in the book. But uh, Thomas Edison, many people don't know, was largely responsible for bringing out the movie camera, or at the time was called the kinetoscope, Mm -hmm. kinetograph, and tying music and sound together. So, three inventions. And he would often take these little hypnagogic naps, so, kind of staying on the wake edge. Uh, wake sleep border on the edge of wake and sleep and he'd get his creative inspirations or ideas for his business uh, whichever later became a huge business right Mm -hmm. he'd get those on the kind of from a half dream half wake state Uh, and uh, important to notice that the the physical events that we call movies are kind of like public dreams right so it's really just a wow. manifestation, again, of an inner truth. I think Hugo, I put a nice quote in the book, it says, oh, yes, movies are just dreams during the daytime. <laughs> you know the movie Hugo? Yeah, sure. And spelled it out there. So we can see anything that's inside will come outside. And I guess when humanity is ready to learn some of the bigger challenges – With focus and some of the other skills that we really need in our lives and consciousness, then life offers tougher challenges like all the text messaging, internet, emails, other things that could intrude upon our peace of mind, our intuition, trusting our own feelings or or valuing relationships or being in nature and some of the things which we know are wise. I think the tests are out there. uh, could be positive or negative, depending how you take them.
0: Tell me a little bit. Uh, let's get into a couple of specific stories that come here in the book because you had mentioned a few minutes ago, or a bit ago early in the podcast, you had mentioned Leonard Skinner and Dream, oh, a yeah. collective dream that came to them that ended up in some of their demise. Like, tell me, that seems pretty intense. Can you expand on that a little bit?
1: Uh, well, first, for uh, music aficionados, uh, if you don't know Leonard Skinner, we'll just yep. connect you with one of their songs. <laughs> boom. Yep. we could maybe look at it in a little sound bite there. Uh, that uh, Sweet Home Alabama actually came directly inspired by a dream, the, the guitar riff and kind of the frame of that song. Uh, and, and so they had a little history of that dreams can be valuable. That's important to note because something like we're going to mention here in a sec probably wouldn't come without precursor. In other words, many people don't know that dreams can be super valuable as warnings or guidance in life. Sometimes really positive visions, you know, like a future possible future go here, like my calling dream for my life of a bright future teaching about dreams and doing music, which has brought me tons of joy. It could be also a negative vision or a warning about this is likely to happen unless you change the course of your, let's say, decisions in the next few days, something really expensive or painful, or in this case, death is Mm -hmm. going to happen in waking life. Uh, and so they had a little precursor that dreams can be valuable, but they may or may not have connected the dots. Uh, so in this case, the specifics are Jojo Billingsley, the backup singer, one of the hunkettes they used to call the backup singers mm-hmm. uh wasn't on tour. They left the backup singers for a little part of the tour. Uh, but uh, I guess uh, the lead singer Ronnie Van Zandt called her up and said, hey, we'd love to have you again for the concert, uh, actually starting tomorrow. I think it was in New Orleans. Uh, Can you fly out and meet us and join us again? We love your guys' vibe, and we're missing missing you guys. The sound adds a lot. Uh, And right while she was talking on the phone, uh, she reports hearing this kind of wait, almost like an inner voice or a loud, clear thought. I don't know exactly, but just wait. So she said, okay, well, uh, I'm, I'm going to try to join you guys, but I won't make it for tomorrow. Maybe uh, let me know the next couple of dates, and uh, I'll just let you know in the next couple of days. So she followed that guidance. So in this case, she listened to her intuition
2: mm-hmm.
1: and in waking life. But that night, she also had a really powerful, very clear so a little hint here, very clear and vivid and strong emotion can be the hint of a, a warning dream, especially if it's upsetting. Uh, or if it's very clear and strong and positive of a calling, vision kind of dream.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: In this case, it was upsetting because she saw the whole plane from the the band's plane crashing the next day. Oof. And like a really nasty accident where like, you know, I don't want to get too deep into it, but lots of gore and blood and, and body parts and things. And she woke up screaming, super upset. Unfortunately, her mother said oh don't worry go back to sleep just a dream because she was staying with her folks i guess between tours <laughs>
2: hmm. uh,
1: but fortunately she didn't listen to the just a dream philosophy and she said wow no this is real this is something and i don't know but i just have to tell them so she phoned up the band the next morning and said i had this super clear vivid dream and you guys can't get on the flight tomorrow it's going to crash it's really bad you know, this ends up in a lot of scruples and questions that nobody exactly knows. But it turns out that uh, there were hints about that plane and maybe even the pilots uh, with different things like marijuana and questions with the the uh, technical, I guess, uh, maintenance and things for the plane. That I think I believe even uh, Aerosmith had chosen not to take the plane for certain reasons. In there, at some point, not to use that flight for that pilot, etc. But uh, the band had a meeting that day after the call and said, wow, here's what JoJo said. Should we do it? Mm. <laughs> and they sat and all together, they decided. Some even booked uh, flights on different planes because of the dream. Uh, so they did indeed book. But they finally decided, OK, well, this will be our last flight. But the, the concert is tonight. We don't want to cancel. So we'll just take this one flight and then we'll, we'll get the manager to figure out a new plan and stuff like that. Because it sounds like a warning. Unfortunately, uh, it was actually the last flight. And the plane, exactly like she saw, crashed and hit some trees, pretty close to the destination, unfortunately. And, you know, uh, Ronnie Van Zant, the lead singer, was, Mm -hmm. was actually wiped out and taken off the earth there, killed. As were, you know, and there was many injuries. I think two or three of the key band members and managers were wiped out, maybe four. And then uh, I think about 20 others injured. Obviously, a plane crash is pretty deadly, but uh, they were lower and maybe not going quite as fast. So there's interesting, like almost invisible support sometimes around these really big ep- episodes or events like this. It turns out that the Red Cross or the the emergency crew that actually did come to their rescue about a few weeks before. I mean, what's the chance of this? They actually did a practice emergency mission of rescuing the same type of plane, a Corvair. Uh, Not a Corvair. I forget the type of plane right now. But the exact same type of plane uh, a few weeks earlier with instead of the 26 passengers, 25 passengers. I mean, what's the chance that almost the exact same number of people. So they were really practiced and they got them all to the hospital really quickly and, you know, kind of had them in good shape. And it turns out when they arrived at the hospital, they were between shifts. So actually doctors and nurses and I guess helpers from both shifts were there. Mm -hmm. And it turns out the red class had just done a huge blood drive and they hadn't yet taken the blood to the main bank. And so there was a ton of extra blood ended up that many of the people's uh, many of the victims crash victims lives were saved who might not have otherwise so there was some support from the other side i guess from invisible levels let's say but a pretty scary event and a little bit sensational for what dreams can bring but a a good example that it's important to listen there's actually about four or five dreams of that level shown in the book of nightmares that either saved or cost people's lives so nothing to like toy with
0: Mm, that's insane and you can uh Get the book at TrainsBehindTheMusic.com as well. We want to make sure we don't miss out on that. What are some, give me some, maybe a couple, a personal story. I mean, you told me your personal story of becoming the musician and and really taking that more serious, but maybe backgrounds on a song that means a lot to you.
1: Uh, Well, uh, I guess... uh... These songs that uh, I've shared a little bit, uh, one of them is, uh, maybe we can play this song that's a little bit more uh, driven by, I guess, rock and roll and kind of high, high energy. I call it Morpheon. It came from this recurring theme, sort of developed. And, you know, I used waking mind to craft it a bit. Waking, I guess, arranging skills. Uh, but I, I included the recurring theme of falling either triple notes uh, three notes together of the same song or descending thirds like da-da-da-da-da-da or triplets in terms of timing rhythm like da-da-da uh, where it would have been like a 4-4 four, four time uh, before then it goes into a triplet for a transition
2: mm-hmm. so
1: three and three is strongly tra- tied with creativity uh, you know the, when there's a mother, a father and then a new baby, a birth, that's three so two turns adds one and becomes three so three is strongly tied with creativity and that's probably why I have the strong connection with these Thirds, but people seem to like it and in this case uh uh, quite a while ago when i guess the matrix was out uh, there was an open submission for the soundtracks for the matrix i think the matrix Mm three so uh, i put together some of these dreams created the song or a little soundtrack really and uh interesting there's there was this i think it still exists actually but there was a bigger what more better known technology called hit song science you ever heard of that nope
0: well, I mean, I think I know what you mean as far as uh, formulas to writing hit songs, basically. Uh,
1: well, they actually did a, some pretty fancy uh, statistics measurements and computer algorithms to
0: right.
1: to really see which songs, over you know, 10 20,000 songs, right. have become hits and why and what are the commonalities and stuff. So they kind of compared and contrasted against ones that didn't become hits uh, so they could maybe make science out of what's a hit and i actually ran this song uh, you're about to hear it, uh, through that and it came out as high as uh, uh, like a shocking level of i guess hit potential which i thought was really interesting considering i just included dreams hmm. uh, i didn't consider myself some super duper soundtrack expert at that point but i just thought i'm going to include these sounds which i'm not really sure or these little melody riffs. I don't really, I'm not really sure what they are, but I'll just see what happens. And it came out this Actually, it got the same rating as "You Got a Feeling," or "Got a Feeling," "Got a Good Feeling," the one by uh, Black Eyed Peas. I
0: got, I got a
1: feeling. I got a feeling. Got a feeling which actually was dream inspired. Huh. I'm like said uh, he actually got that one from a dream too. Number one most sold song on iTunes. Uh, so interesting a uh, little tip for any of you music aficionados you can get some pretty amazing hits with simple dream melodies they might come like tonight just after hearing this so i wouldn't just toss them away obviously use your discrimination at what's what's good and not but uh, at least keep them record them catch them somehow and there's a couple of examples in the book of folks who didn't and were later uh, pretty sorry about that so uh, in this case i did and wrote the little song and who knows it's out there now and uh, sometimes it gets played on uh, podcasts or on radio like this, and uh, I think it's been included in a couple of soundtracks too. So I hope you enjoy Morpheon.
0: Right. Let's get into this uh, and talk a little more afterwards about where we can find more of your music, find more information, come here you speak, and uh, I have a couple more questions about the book. If you still got a little bit of time, I've got a few minutes here, and uh, we will be right back with more on Pusher Mania's podcast. <laughs> All right. Look, I have to say, you you profile over two hundred artists and industry executives. It says in the book, that's a lot. Like you really go deep into the background of how a lot of these songs were made, or certain scenarios that have happened with the, with these artists that came from dreams. Where did this, how were you able to actually research this much? I mean, you, you've really got quite a lot of information in this book. And it goes across, I mean, on, on one page, I see you've got something about Megadeth and uh, Timberland and Aaliyah. Like, so it's, it's not just one genre. It's not just one thing. You really kind of went across the board here.
1: Yeah, well, thanks for the supportive feedback, too, of uh, many years, about three or four years of research, actually. Yep. Uh, this was no whip-it-off-in-a-weekend kind of ebook or anything. <laughs> I definitely wanted to make a statement. And I thought that actually just the bulk of having, showing like huge artists, you know, Sting, uh, Billy Joel, huge ones, Dave Grohl, uh, R.E.M., Paul Simon, uh, Paul McCartney, who we mentioned, but many others, Michael Jackson, Rolling Stones, Henry. just seeing like 200 artists or more, and probably there's many more, there's some that I didn't include who I researched or interviewed with, uh, just seeing, wow, this isn't just one-off, lucky, strange event that happens. This is like a core element of creativity. In fact, Sting uh, says it outright. Uh, he says, any artist who doesn't use their dreams uh, is actually throwing away half their creative potential, uh, which is a pretty bold statement by someone who's done extremely well, right? He He's dreamt- also, uh,
0: also a tantric master.
1: Yeah, he's pretty into yoga and some of the things. So he's open to different traditions of, I guess... Uh, tantra or yoga. He actually does yeah. uh, different yoga practices before concerts to get like all his energy revved up, or different uh, I guess types of music. Even he's like toured around for environmental things, so he's open to let's say more avant-garde things. But he's he calls uh, the shamanic art of rhyming uh, as one of the skills that he uses. You could say songwriting, but he realizes it's kind of a shamanic art, and you can get into altered half-awake states, which are pretty cool. So he actually spells it out, I think, as a guidepost for other musicians and artists. And I'm trying to encourage everybody, not just musical artists, but anybody uh, who's interested in more creativity, tapping a real source spring, like kind of direct without too much influence or maybe distortion, really getting it at the dream source, uh, to listen to Sting, listen to Billy Joel. And you'll see there's tons in there, the top Pete Seeger, et cetera, the top folk, one of the top folk artists that people really respect, and rock and roll, Megadeth, yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's across genres. It's a universal skill. Uh, And tons of composing uh, classical artists who did their compositions, Wagner, Stravinsky, Mozart, Beethoven, you'll find them all in there too. Uh, Because it's kind of a universal, I guess, uh, it's almost like a potential, almost like a sense. Think of it like a sense. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think uh, Arthur Schopenhauer called it the dream organ back uh, 17, 1800s there, uh, one of Richard Wagner's uh, inspirations. Uh, He actually was more of a philosopher, but he said, yes, there's a dream organ whereby we can get all kinds of info, kind of like there's physical organs of the eyes, ears, skin, etc.
0: Sure. We can
1: uh, can get to the dream organ and tune into inner info, but it's as valid and could be uh, even more valuable than some of the the waking distractions that we have. and I decided to group them not necessarily by style, a little bit grouped by genre and style, but more to group group them by uh, almost like the principles that they show.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: So people can hop around a little bit if they want to see different artists But uh, I hope that they'll come back to check out the different artists at some point because each artist shows like certain principles at work. There's a whole chapter on uh, these kind of premonition dreams, Uh, and then there's a whole chapter on actually these are very very interesting. We can maybe give an example of that of dream visitations by the deceased. You know, Jimmy Hendrix, who actually had dream-inspired music of his own, plenty, Purple Haze, and others. He actually has come in a few major musicians to give them like performing skills. He taught TV. Stevie Ray Vaughan guitar licks and chord changes which is pretty cool Hmm. Uh, or Almond Brothers he actually gave them some pretty insights for some of their hits Uh, and so maybe these uh, you know super great artists and others uh, teachers guides maybe like Einstein for those who are more on educational intellectual pursuits or other artists like Salvador Dali for for physical painters and things Uh, they're available on some level perhaps in the collective unconscious. We don't necessarily have to describe it perfectly, but it just works. Uh, we can tap into to get some of these, and there's there's a whole chapter that details specifically deceased friends, relatives, or masters that came and helped others uh, have huge hits, which is kind of where the payoff is. So, check that whole chapter out. So, that's how I grouped it more by principles or types. There's a whole chapter on shamans, right. power I was, songs.
0: I was going to say chapter 10 was one of the first ones, and that you know, I haven't had a chance, I've read a bunch of the book, but didn't get to sit down and just read the whole thing straight up. Uh, before we got to talk but I did some of the jumping around I did I went to chapter 10 because the ancient and indigenous dream music and shamanic power songs is definitely interesting to me and you pretty much go around the world there ending off with the North American First Nations which you know all of that I found super interesting talking about dream you know the last part dream songs are important to treat the sick with the medicine man often receiving curing songs directly from a spirit in the dream along with treatment instructions I mean like it amazing. Goes deep. Yeah. How about we get like, you know,
1: let's bring it to like urban culture Maybe we're not all shaman off in the wilderness shaking rattles and things, but how about if we could just have a helpful health dream for one of our friends or for ourselves? Uh, actually, I'm saying this because it happens all the time for students uh, that I follow, uh, but I'm sure for many individuals who have tried it, they can just receive simple guidance about diet, exercise. So something like preventative, or maybe guidance about how to treat a specific health issue. And there, there's even like stranger ones out there they're called prodromal Uh, it's a fancy medical way of saying dreams that tune in ahead of time before we even physically know that we have a sickness or maybe a cancer or something and they let the dreamer know about a certain problem that's either pending or actually developing but not physically manifest yet like brain cancer or something and so they go and test it and they find out oh my gosh the dream was accurate and then uh, we may have treatment dreams that guide how to treat it. So it's a little bit like the shamans would do for tribe members and tribe mates. But we can, uh, if used with respect and, and certain principles of kind of not really driving for it hard, but just uh, suggesting, allowing, asking, requesting, that kind of vibe. Uh, we can do it here in the urban. It doesn't have to be too far out. So shamans of an urban variety. In fact, I sort of think a lot of the... Artists who use dreaming, and some of them very consciously, uh, are kind of like, let's say, rock and roll shamans or Western modern shamans who share their song quest, the goal mm-hmm. of their inner vision, their inner sound, with the greater community. And we call them a major you know, performing artist or a Grammy winner. But really, in a way, they're kind of like a Western or industrialized shaman bringing something from the mass psyche out for everybody. It's kind of cool. We call it a hit song, but it's coming from inside, outside.
0: Who are you hearing today? Like new artists. I mean, we talk about a lot of classic artists and I also, I often complain about how I feel like there's not a lot of hit song writing going super deep right now. Like who are some of the people you're hearing right now or some, some new young artists that maybe have caught your ear and, and, and made you want to dig into them a little more or look into their stories more.
1: Uh, well, a few that are detailed in the book anyways. Right. Uh, and, and some of the old artists are making, uh, well, let's say more seasoned artists. Sure. are making, uh, revamps or redoing their music coming with new sound which i think is great also uh, but example taylor swift she's included dreams in her songs uh, she's pretty happy nowadays. lord she uh, got some ideas for how to create the lyrics uh, ll cool j drake actually had powerful dream that inspired his lady gaga he uses her dreams katie perry megan trainer uh, miley cyrus so People would be surprised. In fact, I imagine many artists that I don't even know of at this point, just because there's a certain limited time I could only spend to create mm-hmm. a book before it has to birth, right? Uh, and I might make a second edition. I'd love uh, any artists uh, listening here to, to write me. Uh, And you can go to dreamsbehindthemusic.com and just click the contact link because I'd like to hear about new artists or maybe even better known artists that you know of that I don't. Uh, And just get the message out there that, wow, people are using this skill, but maybe not spelling it out uh, for others. And I think it's important that we guide each person in their life to use some of the skills that the others have who are having great success. Why not? Hey, let's have a big win together. because. If each person connects with their inner truth, their inner creative source, uh, their wisdom, etc., and really channels it well, or maybe it's a dance, maybe it's a song, but maybe it's something they invent. Maybe it's a way that they uh, become a more conscious or helpful mother or whatever it is, teacher. Uh, that's actually how we're going to get world peace. Each person's little personal peace is, a, I think, a key integral part of the greater mosaic of world peace. I mean, it's a big win when it's one together, right?
0: Exactly. I definitely appreciate you saying that, man. If people want to dig more into this and want to learn more about what you've got, you, what you're teaching here, and, they, and it, is dreamsbehindthemusic.com the best place to go? Are there other places to find the, your music, other places to find? I know you've got TED Talks online and that sort of thing as well.
1: Yeah, people can check out my TED Talk if they're interested. It's TEDx. I think you have to type the word uh, TEDx, T-E-D-X, U-K-M-C, or it might not come up easily. Okay. So TEDx, U-K-M-C, you can put Craig Webb. You'll see that one. Uh, That talks about uh, actually a lot of other realms where uh, dreams have created amazing physical repercussions. Google was inspired by a dream. India, the entire country, was freed by a dream. Inventions that have changed lives, not just music. Uh, You can check out the TED Talk. Also, if uh, people are interested in having me, I often present, lead workshops, creativity, training, uh, research, and development can really benefit from a lot of these skills in companies. Sales, you know, how to really choose which customer is going to be the winner and not waste time with the others, et cetera. So uh, people can visit craigweb.ca. It's based out of Canada. So Craig Webb with two Bs there dot ca right. is kind of my speaker site where i lead workshops or, or if you want to jump aboard for a teleclass you want to learn some of this stuff just click the link there i think it's uh, somewhere on the page it says uh, learn more or join the class or join an upcoming course or something like that you could also go directly to applied for the teleclass that's two d's applied dreaming dot com and people can find out more about that if that inspires you but there's lots of great info there's some that is books uh, there's some that's free all over internet uh, and there's a nonprofit foundation i direct uh, for over 20 years now i'm not quite sure how many but moving towards at least 25 i think uh, called the dreams foundation appropriately named Uh, that's dreams.ca and there's some great tips on there too for recall how to understand dreams lucid dreaming check that out
0: Man, that's fantastic. Well, I definitely appreciate you giving us your time today and, and dropping a lot of knowledge uh, on the podcast. And I do recommend checking out the book. The book is called The Dreams Behind the Music. Learn creative dreaming as 100-plus top artists reveal their breakthrough inspirations by Craig Webb. Man, this is a uh, definitely been a pleasure.
1: Okay, rock on there,
0: Matt. I hope you have some powerful dreams. You're going to
1: share with me, right?
0: Man, I will, yeah. I don't know. That I have to remember them too, though.
1: <laughs> well uh,
0: check out the recall tips there. I think you
1: have a copy of the books so I do. page in the back.
0: Uh, it's a little Betty Crocker, but they work
1: All right, no doubt, no doubt.
0: Well, left's uh want to get into one more song? Should we end with a song or how do you what do you think?
1: Yeah, okay, well, we'll wrap up uh, with a song here. People can just make their own impression of this one.
0: All righty. Well, you're tuned in to Pusher Mania's podcast. Be sure and check us out on the iTunes, the Stitcher, the TuneIn, and at SoundCloud.com slash Mania for new content every week. It's Matt Gonzalez signing off.
3: agree and if I could have your opinion that you know in your heart how i feel and if i could get your opinion right now what would you say i made a wish last night as i drifted off to misconceptions of mine so things might be better than they seem. well my wish came true and we held each other close but then you cried and turned away and I led you down a stairway to a door